Would you call yourself a socialist? Uh, no. You've never told a lie in politics? No. No. See, somebody sent me a video actually last Friday and it had you talking at the Socialist Community oh, yes, yes. And you mentioned the word comrade uh, about four times in a minute. What was that about? It was a rally and I would have been about 25 years old. Comrade, 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 comrade. Comrade, 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 comrade. It was in 2009. Oh, well, I can't remember which country it was in. Has changed since those days? No, not particularly. No. If you are caught in a lie or caught intentionally misleading the New Zealand public, how would you expect to be held to account? Well, I actually believe that it is possible to exist in politics Sustained propaganda. Um, what you've written here, I love it. You know, the Treaty of Waitangi, I have to say this. Why would the Queen and Empress Victoria of the largest and most powerful global empire the planet has ever seen agree to share sovereignty and, cust and custody with a Stone Age cannibalistic culture in New Zealand when she never even contemplated doing that in places like Canada, Australia, India, Pakistan, Ceylon, Tonga, South Africa, Kenya, Hong Kong and the US... She never did. They never did that. They always took over the country. They didn't do a partnership with the, with the Americans. They had a war. They had a war with them when they, when they um, wouldn't come to heel. What, 1777, the war of um, American independence. American Who, independence, yeah. Right. And they fought and lost an independence war in that American one. And then, they, uh, and then sign a co... Why would they... After all of that, why would they sign a co-leadership agreement with the Stone Age culture uh, having a genocidal musket war against itself in the South Seas? Hello, Grant Edwards from Liberty and Z, And with me today is Dennis Hall. Good evening, Dennis. Good evening, Grant. Today, Dennis, you wrote an article on Facebook and uh, published it this morning about the Treaty of Waitangi. Would you like to tell our listeners a little bit about what it was you wrote and why you wrote it? Uh, yeah, certainly. I, um, uh, I started looking at the Treaty of Waitangi more closely in recent times and I've been annoyed for a long time by what I perceive to be um, uh, the, uh, an out-of-control tribunal um, who were only seeing one side of the story. I, and, and then somebody, as it happened, sent me some uh, some stuff on, on, the, on the actual history of New Zealand and, and I took uh, a great interest in it. Uh, I had a, a brother-in-law who was English who used to talk to me about this a bit and I used to not take enough notice of him. Uh, but, I, but I did actually remember some of what he had told me and so I went back and I've read a fair bit about it and I've read um, uh, a, a couple of books recently, um, one by Andy Oakley and another by uh, by uh, Bruce Moon. And, right. Um, and I've filled that in with uh, a little bit of research in, in, on the internet. Yep. And so I've um, pieced together the Treaty of Waitangi in a different way, I think, than the way in, in, in the early history of New Zealand in a different way that that, that the authorities, if you like, do, uh, because I do think that they have a narrative that they want people to believe and continue to believe. Hmm. I've got a theory about where that all came from and how it came about um, and why it's acceptable. And I should start off with the theory, I suppose. Hmm. Um, when when I was young and at school, um, uh, back in the 1940s, 
we were being taught about um, about the uh, about New, New Zealand history by the nuns, you know, and and so they the they nuns? talked very brief, briefly about about uh, cannibalism. Oh. And so you know they had to explain, of course, what cannibalism was. Yep. And but they kept that very brief. And it was because it embarrassed them, you know. Mm. And so then I sort of perceived as time went by that New Zealanders, all generally speaking, knew that the, the Maori past involved cannibalism and intertribal warfare. We kind of didn't talk about that because all of us had Maori friends, and and mm. and there was um, like like your German friends, I suppose, uh, because we had some next door. We were pretty careful not to talk about the war, mm. if you know what I mean. And uh, yep. and that's just yep. I had a Japanese girlfriend once, and uh, I tried not to. Uh, you try not to talk about the war, do you? That's right, because and it's just out of <laughs> out of respect for the person who you're there with, because they are not responsible for any of that. Exactly. Um, and so, you know, why sort of put them in a position where it's, it might embarrass them? So, generally speaking, I believe that the entire public of New Zealand felt the same way, um, because most of them had married friends, and they didn't want to make them feel uncomfortable. Hmm. But unfortunately, I believe that that's turned into a kind of institution um, where government and and uh, uh, historians and academics and, and all of the rest of it have built um, a narrative that's simply not true. And so, um, and, and, and that has been expanded in my brain over the last few weeks because I've spent the time and effort to try and collect some of this together. So one of the things that people don't like talking about, about Maori history, is the musket wars. And, you know, the nuns never mentioned that to me at all. They did tell the story mm -hmm. of, I think, Honey Hickey or Honey, 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 Honey the Honeys. Yep, Honey Hickey or Honey. Who, who, yeah, went to Britain yep. and was fated in Britain because he was a tattooed Maori chief and met people in palaces and grand houses and, mm. and they gave him gifts and things because... Uh, um, uh, he was, uh, you know, they would like to show him off to their friends because mm. he was a novelty. Uh, the, 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 yeah, the, no, the the noble savage, if you like. <laughs> right. So, so they gave him a lot of, and well, that's though they they would have seen him. You know, I mean, they'd sort of, um, especially with the tattooed, you know, the tattooed face, mm. and and so they made a big fuss of him, and they gave him a lot of gifts. Yes. They took those gifts, and he went back as far as Sydney. Mm-hmm. Offloaded all the gifts off the ship in Sydney, and he sold them to the sort of reasonably prosperous people of um, of uh, Sydney, okay. and he used the money to buy muskets. Hey. So that was about eighteen. You know, that all started around about eighteen oh seven. Okay, eighteen oh seven. And this was Honey Hickey or Honey Hicker? Well, no, it was one of one or the other. One I of can't the two. Which one? But mm. the history will tell you. The, to me, the names are similar. And mm. I always mix them up, and that's because oh, I'm that's an old right. guy, right? While you're doing that, I'll have a look. Yeah, um, and so yeah, and, and I might remember if you if you tell me back. <laughs> yeah. And so, uh, so he came back to New Zealand, and and I think the first place that he performed an astonishing massacre of of, of other Maori tribes, because the thing about Maoris, of course, that we all try and ignore today, was that they did have constant inter intertribal warfare. Mm. We kind of. Uh, as much as uh, we know that, we don't try to talk about it too much. And but but it but it is also borne out by the fact that we all know that Maoris lived in in in, in forts on top of hills, like a st with a stockade around it, you know, mm -hmm. and carefully dug trenches. Yeah. And that was done so they could conduct a battle from where they lived. Right. So who was going to have a battle with them? 
Well, before Europeans came, it would only be Maoris, other Maoris. Mm. Other Maoris, yeah. So, so they didn't start building those stockades just because the Europeans arrived. Mm. It's the way the Europeans found them. I think that's, we, know, we understand that, don't we? That's pretty gen- general knowledge, isn't it? Well, it, well, it is general knowledge, but the mm. thing about general knowledge, of course, is you've got to factor it in to you know, what people tell you about what happened. Mm. So that is general knowledge, and, and obviously, and, I mean, I remember in the, in the Dominion Museum in Wellington, uh, which I spent a lot of time in and in amongst the collection downstairs because I spent so much time there, they all knew me when I was just a kid. They had a big model there of a stockade, which really made a big impression on me. And I would, and, and like a big model, as in about sort of 10 feet long. And so, so there, my picture of all that started then. So that the musket wars started then. Mm. And other Maori were buying, buying these muskets as well. And what they did was they slaughtered other Maori. Yeah. And, and, you know, for, uh, for Utu, as they call it, or vengeance, Utu, yep. uh, or just for, 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 you know, to take over different ground. I mean, they went to the trouble of hijacking a ship, for example, Tirapraha, I think it was, and they went out to the Chatham Islands and slaughtered almost everybody there. Hmm. The first person they met on the beach who was there, to, you know, was there sort of saying, oh, wow, here's a whole bunch of other Maoris. Hmm. They, friends. They, they, yeah, here's some friends. And they slaughtered her and, and uh, on the spot flailed her, they said. So when you read that kind of stuff, I mean, I found it very disturbing. I've got to, I have to see this in the context of the time as much as I can. And, and, and I, I just, you know, the reality is that Maoris and, 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 and Kiwis or Europeans or whatever, we all live together. We've got to do it properly. We've got to do it in the nicest possible way. Mm. Uh, but at the same time, the reason why, the only reason why I want to, I'm sort of starting to regurgitate this stuff and talk about it, is because New Zealand is built on a lie. You know, yeah, the whole New that, Zealand ethos is mm. built on the lie that we came along, the white people turned up on ships. Yep. Oh, lots and lots of white people turned up on ships with guns and all the rest of it, mm. and 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 destroyed what was an idyllic lifestyle of being lived by Maori. Mm. And that's simply not true. It's absolute and, lies. And so, They're telling and, lies about our forebears, Dennis. But but sure, but it's not just the Maoris that are telling lies about it. It's a whole lot of those white guys I agree. in the universities, yep. the academics, mm. who 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 would only have to do two weeks' work like I have, three weeks' work or whatever. Do you know what I mean? Uh, uh, to add on to their life experience in New mm. Zealand, all they've got to do is a little bit of work to establish exactly what I have, and that is that the musket wars. Musket. It's on government bloody websites. You know. The government, the musket wars, the lowest number that you can find for Maoris slaughtered in the, in the musket wars by Maoris was 20,000. Mm. The highest is 50 to 70,000. And, and some people say it was as much as a third of the population. Now, by any standard, that's a genocide, you know. It is. And so New Zealand doesn't want to own up to that. New Zealand and, and doesn't so want to. This genocide was between Maoris, nothing to do with us. Nothing to do with our forebears. Nothing to do. Nothing to do with Europeans. It was Maori on Maori. Mm. It was Maori, and uh, you know uh, the, the exact reasons for it were uh, are given in in these websites that you can find easily. The history websites. Mm. The exact reasons for it are given as O two. Yeah. And 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 uh, um, and and power over land, and and didn't do you know what I mean? And and the love of the fight, you know. But I mean. Uh, if you if you like fighting and you're able to turn up with a gun, 
uh, to a fight that the other guy's going to have with a with a with a, a with stick a and a stone. Mm. A Mary. Well, what's mm. a Mary? A Mary's just a stone with a handle. Or a tomahawk. Um, they they did get tomahawks from the the whalers. They were pretty well prevalent in the uh, early 1800s. Oh, oh, and and they and they turned them into a weapon. I mm. mean, I did a sculpture of this from a, uh, uh, and I've seen the weapons. And uh, you know, they what they did is they put a little tomahawk head on a long pointed, a long pointed handle, so that they could either stab you with one end or chop you with the other. And by the way, uh, you know, uh, but, listeners, um, Dennis Hall is probably one of the world's, uh, definitely New Zealand, one of New Zealand's greatest sculptors. Uh, that is true. I've seen your work. You, uh, you shouldn't be laughing. You're a very no, modest no. man. That you, your work is absolutely world class. World class sculptor. It's very kind. And in fact, Dennis did a uh, did a sculpture of uh, Sir Rob Muldoon before he passed away. Isn't that right? Yeah, did it live. Mm. Did it live. Yeah. yeah. And and there was a documentary done about you. About him and that. I sat together for twelve hours, twelve separate hours, mm. doing that. Yeah. So. Yeah. But that's because I'm a cheeky yeah. bugger and rung him up and asked him to do it. So that's it. I just want people to know who we're talking to here. Dennis Hall is a, a world-renowned sculptor, and uh, he's also um, really should be running the National Party. But, um, you know, we've got to put up oh, with Judith. Judith's doing doing her best, poor girl. You know, it's not easy, is it? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, well, <laughs> very kind. And so where were we up to? Oh, um, so, yeah, Hongi Hika, the musket wars, and the fact so the, that... So mm, the, so, so the thing about the Treaty of Waitangi, I mean, people look at the Treaty of Waitangi in isolation from all this. Mm. That's the way that New Zealanders see it. And the reason for that is that we don't talk about the musket wars. Lots of people know about the musket wars. It's in the history. You can find it on websites. It is a reality. The lowest death toll, as I said, was 20,000 people. Wow. Um, and so it's a hell of a lot of people to be killed mm. for for whatever reason. And it was always Maori, Maori. And it didn't end until the year that they give for when it ended was 1837. Okay. Okay, so which month in 1837? I don't know. Could have been January, could have been December, but 1837 is when it ended. Right. And, and 1840, February 1840 is when they signed the Treaty of Waitangi. The Treaty, yeah, yeah. And so I, I cannot be convinced by anybody that when all those those chiefs lined up, and a lot of them did, I mean, there's a couple of hundred of them who turned up to sign the Treaty of Waitangi with the British. Hmm. Now, they made a pact with Britain. They, You know, treaties are quite often signed when, between enemies who have been fighting, hmm. um, and they'll eventually, the, the, they will have lost so many people, They'll sign a treaty and agree to stop the carnage, right? Mm. That's what treaties are for. Yep. That's what that's how treaties have been used in the past. But they signed it with the British. They didn't sign it with their own. Didn't so they signed it with the British them. to ask for the British protection to stop other tribes slaughtering them. And, and that's exactly right, mm. to, to, to stop the slaughter. Because they knew and, that the, the it, British uh, Crown had the power and authority to keep all law and order, and they just wanted to live in peace and not be warring amongst themselves. That's the truth that's of it, right. isn't it? And, and, and I, you see, I think that, that the, those, the, those chiefs who signed the treaty, they need to be honoured by the truth. Yes. The truth is that the signing of the treaty came as little as... Four months, five months 
after the, the what what is said to be the end of the musket wars, right? Nobody could convince me, not even... I, I think, Dennis, when the word musket, we sort of think, oh, well, that's Maori don't have muskets. They didn't fight with muskets, but, um, but they did. Um, but we, you think you say the word musket and you think, oh, well, that's a that that's a war between the British and the Maoris, don't you? You don't. But well, that's, the, you see, well, there were the Maori wars. Yes, that's different again, though. Came, isn't it? Which the musket came wars. later, mm. and they both sides would have been using muskets in that. Yeah. But, you know, the thing about muskets, I mean, the Maoris even managed to modify their muskets to make them so that they could fire them more often. Because, you know, uh, with a musket, you had to you had to sort of clean it out. Yeah. Tip, Re- the, re-pack tip it. some gunpowder down it, pack mm. it in, Chuck push a ball, a ball in down. Mm. You know, it took time. And so they mm. would have passed the musket back to somebody else to do that. And then, I mean, they would have had people doing that. Mm. But at the same time, selling the muskets was one thing. British would have sold, they, they, you know, they bought muskets from people in Australia. Yeah. Also had to buy powder and shot. Yeah, there was lots of trading Musket. going on. Would it be a New Zealand company so, selling them muskets? So who knows? I don't mm. know. But I think I believe, was I believe it was. The, 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 the thing about all that, well. Muskets so what, for land. So, so if you've got muskets for sale, mm. as people would, what right would you have to refuse to sell it to a Maori? Well, that's that's right. I mean, why would if somebody comes to the door and he happens to be a Maori, and and you're busy selling a musket to a European guy, a mm, white guy, mm. a musket, and then a Maori says, "I wouldn't mind one of those." Here's yeah, that'll be good. I can I can hunt for deer. I can hunt deer and or what? Oh, didn't probably didn't have deer. I can hunt whatever it was they were hunting, and yeah. uh, make it easy for us to to live. You shoot pigeons, but you can't. Mm. You, you, <laughs> yeah. you know, a, a good and ordinary person is not going to be able to do that for a number of reasons. One of them is not fair. Mm. I'll be able to turn them down, but so a lot of what a lot of people these it's days prejudiced, do, isn't it? Academics. Well, yeah, it would be prejudiced <laughs> to say no, you can't have one. Yeah. Of course, it would. And so, you know, all day long. And so, mm. anyway, they conducted that war, and that war did continue on. So, this sporadically after the um, after the Treaty of Waitangi was signed, and so. But as I said before, the really important thing about this is that they didn't sign a treaty with the other Maori to stop the war. They signed a treaty with the British to stop the war. And nobody can convince me that the two things weren't connected. Because if you've just had a slaughter that is up in the tens of thousands that finished, you know, some months before you signed a treaty, you, you know, I don't know. The idea that one didn't have anything to do with the other is just nonsensical. So the other part of this that we've got to remember is Queen Victoria and the British Crown were running, at that time, they were in charge of the biggest empire the world had ever seen. There is no The biggest empire, empire ever. yep, you cut out there. The biggest world empire, bigger than the Roman, the Roman Empire was the British Empire. Well, the Roman Empire was just around the Mediterranean. Mm. This was this their empire was around the world. Exactly. So, yeah. And and so I mean, it was. That's not long after they figured out that the world was a globe. Bye, Curry boys. I had enough of this stuff called Hobo Stew. If you want to put some meat into the kind of too many, I got a new soup for you. I call it Puhar and Pantyha. Puhar and Pantyha. The finest food. Whenever a wish for, better than a big fat black s